Welcome to the Food Foundation podcast, the award-winning voice of the charity which campaigns for better access to healthy food for every child in the UK. I'm Dr. Saleh Mahmood Ahmed, MasterChef winner, gastroenterologist and author of the Sunday Times bestseller, The Kitchen Prescription. And this week, we're talking about something very close to my heart and my gut. We're launching the first of a 12-part series of episodes that will explore some of the key findings from the Food Foundation's flagship Broken Plate Report on the state of the nation's food system. Give them access to a proper diet. Give them access to travel to buy decent food. People will contribute more to society. The Food Foundation has just published its fifth Broken Plate Report, which takes the temperature each year on the health of our nation's food system its impact on our lives and the remedies we need to put in place. The first reports back in 2019 showed that the UK food system led the country into a national health crisis, with children and households on low incomes suffering the severest of health consequences. This year's update paints an even grimmer picture. Shona Gowdy is the Senior Policy Advocacy Officer at the Food Foundation and explains... What the report shows is that the system is really stacked against us when it comes to eating a healthy diet. Um, and there's lots of factors which, which make it more challenging to eat well. The report really gives an indication of the state of our, our food environment and it looks at um, key factors around affordability, availability and appeal of unhealthy foods. And we know that these are three factors that really influence um, what people end up eating and so at the moment the system is set up in a way in which um, there's all these barriers to eating a healthy diet and so some of the key findings for the report for example are that um, we found that the poorest fifth of the population would need to spend 50% of their disposable income on food to afford the Eat Well Guide which is the government recommended healthy diet and that's increased from the year before Um, from 43% in the face of the cost of living crisis. And so, you know, we can see that it's just simply not affordable for many people to be eating a healthy diet. Um, And we also know that the price of healthy relative to unhealthy food is a really major determinant of what people eat. And the report also found that on average, more healthy foods are over twice as expensive as less healthy foods per calorie. And we've seen that price differential be consistent for several years. But in the context of the cost of living crisis over the past couple of years, um, in absolute terms, we've seen more healthy foods have increased in price. As Shona says, the government recommended diet, which includes five portions of fruit and veg a day and higher fibre starchy foods like brown rice and bread, costs the poorest fifth of the British population half their disposable income. That compares with just 11% for the richest people in our society. Dominic Watters, one of the Food Foundation's adult food ambassadors, is a single dad who lives on a housing estate in Kent and says that with the cost of living crisis, it's a really hard time. This year's broken plate data speaks to a food system that continues to stop the most disadvantaged families in society from flourishing. Eating healthily and food insecurity isn't something that is experienced in isolation. So you have also the cost of um, cooking uh, fresh ingredients. So a lot of my neighbours in my council estate, they now will spend all day on the buses 
traveling from supermarket to supermarket just to find special deals on microwave meals because they cost a lot less in gas and electric or electric to cook. I can speak to, you know, single parents up and down the country in council estates where often um, there is just a lack of access to healthy food and not having an access to healthy food stops your family from flourishing, impacts on your general well-being, ability to engage in society, ability to even be confident in the world. And that can be devastating for society as a whole, not just um, individuals. Dan White, like Dominic, is one of the Food Foundation's Breadline Voices, whose lived experiences are an essential reminders of the barriers to health. His campaign for better access to healthy food for disabled people is driven by the need he sees every day with his own daughter. Although she is looking to work in the future and she has a physical disability, it's not always going to be possible for her to be working. So it's going to come down to income, mainly benefits in the system. Now, benefits are not enough. Benefits are supposed to be in line with inflation, but they're not. And as we look to the future... As we can see the rhetoric around benefits, which is sadly negative, I can see she's not going to have the income needed to buy the food that she needs to live healthily. So that's where it comes down to price and affordability combined with the income that she has through lacklustre and low benefits. Uh, And also comes down to access. Uh, For the work I do, I find that most supermarkets are out of town. Um, many disabled people have access to only local stores and obviously the prices within local stores when it comes to food are very expensive and the food there is not always the best Uh, public transport isn't really accessible for many wheelchair users or disabled people so they have to shop local which obviously means they are not getting the choice that is available to everyone else so it comes down to availability disabled people need better access to better food It's like a food desert for disabled people. That needs to change. The report finds that 56% of calories consumed by older children and adults are coming from ultra-processed food. Meanwhile, fruit and vegetables remain the most expensive category by a significant margin, costing on average £11.79 per 1,000 calories, compared with food and drink high in fat and sugar costing just £5.82 per 1,000 calories. And this poor quality diet has lesser known but increasingly visible impact on our most vulnerable children. What we see is that children in the more deprived groups are on average um, up to 1.3 centimetres shorter than children in the least deprived groups. Um, Diet isn't the, the only factor that affects height, but it is one of the major determinants that is impacting on that. And so it's a real indication of how poor nutrition is is impacting on children's growth and development. But it could just be the wake-up call politicians and retailers need to realise the impact of a poor diet. Dr Kortha Hashem is the campaign leader at Action in Sugar. For us, there was, you know, a clear illustration of the challenges or the state of health, particularly children's health in the UK, and how different, for example, if you looked at you know, I would, some of the stats that I was shocked with was, you know, a comparison of five-year-olds across um, high-income countries and the difference between the height of a child growing up in the UK versus in other high-income countries. 
And I think that's a huge reflection of how poor our diet is or how broken our uh, food system is. And there's so much that we need to do um, about it, starting from early early years. So this uh, piece on um, baby and toddler snacks, this is this is a growing market. This is an area where parents are going to and shopping from. So really good illustration of the problem in in a way I think that was very easy to digest for everyone. And I hope that um, you know, people that are responsible, policymakers that are responsible will take um serious action on on the you know the clear wins that can happen right now and then things that need to happen uh gradually in the medium term. I'm not gonna say long term because I hope we can achieve things earlier than that. Laura Sandys is the founder and one of the trustees of the Food Foundation. A former Tory MP, she knows the politics of food from inside the corridors of power. She says that the broken plate annual analysis has become an important indicator of the value we place upon healthy food in this country. This is our fifth year of actually assessing the nation's health in relation to food. And while it is a really, it's a very collaborative piece of work, it it is pretty stark what we have um, uncovered. And the key metrics that we're looking at is around price and affordability, um, availability of good food and the appeal of good food. But the fundamental point is what are the health outcomes of our current food system? She says that influencing the people in power to make real change is about show, not tell. I think when you actually make it real, so it's not about big sort of national statistics, it's about talking about children fundamentally. I think that's where the resonance lies. There is most certainly the issue around children's growth. We have the smallest children in Europe. And to be frank, that's actually all children, not just those on low incomes, although those on low incomes are even shorter than those on higher incomes. You then have to look at things like children's dental decay, children's admission to hospital. The largest number of of admissions is around um, dental decay. So we're putting stress on the um, NHS. But with children having that level of, um, of decay at that very, very early age is absolutely shocking. And then maybe the third key shocking metric is around diabetes-related amputations. We've had a 20% increase in six years of amputations due to diabetes. These are the stark realities of the food system and the, the health that we are creating from that food system. And it must be addressed. And so those are the issues that are having resonance. Obviously, there are then the policy levers that we have that need to be addressed. And those we go into quite a lot of detail on as well. Laura founded the Food Foundation back in 2014 to challenge the impact on public health of poor diet and the affordability of healthy food for families on the lowest incomes. Ten years later, the broken plate isn't just a devastating analysis of the nation's food system, but a clear manifesto for change. Laura remembered what it was like to tell MPs what she was seeing in some of the most deprived areas in the UK. 
When we set up the Food Foundation in 2014, nobody really believed that there was a problem with the food sector and actually the health outcomes. But I represented um, a community in Margate and Ramsgate, and we were seeing these kids arriving at school, very overweight, some sort of clinically obese, but also malnourished at the same time. And what was the cause of this? The cause was the diets that they were being exposed to, the diets that they their families could afford, and the food that was available in the high streets um, around the area. And when I started to talk in Parliament about food poverty, that we actually had people who were skipping meals, actually nobody believed me. Nobody believed that there was a problem in the food sector because we had lots of great supermarkets, lots of food. But what were the outcomes? And the outcomes were quite shocking once we started to pull together the evidence. And that was the inspiration of the Food Foundation, to actually unpick the whole the whole system, the whole food system, and why the health outcomes, and now, as importantly, the climate outcomes are of our food system. She says it takes time to create a workable vision. I think the world has changed quite a lot. I think, obviously, um, the pandemic and now the cost of living crisis has actually highlighted and revealed in many ways what was in existence, but only for quite a small part of the population, but now has grown due to the pandemic, and that is about food insecurity. And maybe I prefer to call it food poverty. And to be frank, is it really food poverty or is it just poverty? But I think that the issues around food poverty have absolutely gone right up the political spectrum with the support of lots of great people, not least Marcus Rashford. Um, But when you start to then look at then the obesity issue and our really, really chronic situation around the health system, which is being in many ways fueled by the overweight, diabetes, etc. I think that the issues are getting much, much more resonance than when we first started um, the Food Foundation. They were there then, but now they're evident and it's absolutely crucial that we get cross-party support for a real review, um, in many ways building on the Henry Dimbleby um, food strategy report that the Food Foundation was very um, involved with. MPs from all parties came to the launch of the 2023 Broken Plate Report to listen, plan and pledge to make real change from within the system. Labour MP Daniel Zeichner. I mean, the annual Broken Plate report has become a really important event in the year. And sadly, the report this year has shown again what we've seen in previous years, which is that the situation is not getting better. In many ways, it's getting worse. And I picked out a particular line from the report. The current food system is not serving us well. For many, food is a source of anxiety and misery, with over a third of people reporting trying to lose weight most of the time. That's a really important conclusion. And I think it's important that we have a third-party organisation that can make that point to government. One of the key findings is one that he raises often in the House of Commons. Well, the particular issue that concerns me is the government's continuing insistence that somehow this is an issue of personal failure. 
and that responsibility for improving the nation's health lies with individuals. This is a point the report picks up. And the report says that view is simplistic, out of touch and not evidence-based. Now, that was exactly the point I made during the passage of the Agricultural Act um, some years ago. I have to say it's been put much more eloquently here. But I think the key point is that if we're going to get these changes, it means we will only do them by transforming the food environment in general. Again, as the report says, by increasing the affordability, availability and appeal of healthy food. That's how we make the change. It's no good blaming people for failure. Conservative MP Peter Aldous who also came to the launch, says that it's crucial that he and his colleagues are updated with these findings. From my perspective, it was good to go to the reception to receive the Broken Plate annual review for this year. And I think it's something that sort of all um, parliamentarians need to be studying and um, taking action on. A few months ago, I did attend the Food Foundation's cost of living event where we heard very, very graphically how one family, the Kerridge family, were struggling to eat healthily at affordable prices. And and what the Broken Plate report does, it provides very clear evidence that really underlines the challenges that families really right across the country are facing at the current time. As the NHS buckles under the weight of diet-related disease, the root cause food poverty will have to become a major priority for government. The health consequences of our diet and its resultant strain on the NHS are devastating, with nearly 9,600 diabetes-related amputations carried out on average every year. That's an increase of 19% in six years, and children in the most deprived fifth of the population are over twice as likely to be living with obesity as those in the least deprived by their first year of school. Healthy life expectancy in the most deprived tenth of the population is 19 years lower for women and 18 years lower for men. Peter Aldous says it's only sensible for an urgent food strategy to be put in place. The NHS is under enormous challenges at the moment. The government, on the, in the 75th anniversary of the NHS, they've come out with their workforce strategy, which I think they've described as being the most radical overhaul in the history of the NHS. And I think there are a great many good things about it. What I think is very clear moving forward is that prevention has got to play a very, very important role. And the best, one of the best means of prevention is a good, good, healthy diet. And if you actually address that, if you actually put that in place, that is going to address issues such as children's dental decay, the, the fact they're overweight, and you know, even amp- amputations, not necessarily among um, children right at the start, but of, after a lifetime of unhealthy living, having things never heard of before, beginning to become the norm. That is very, very worrying. So I think if we can, if we can reintroduce a healthy diet Um, available to all across everyone in society, regardless of income, that is going to go a long, long way to putting that sensible prevention strategy in place. And what that means is that we need to keep our foot on the campaigning pedal. The findings of the broken plate paint a picture of a broken food system, which any government will need to fix, 
not least because of the financial impact. Laura says that change will be unavoidable as the cost in both social and economic terms mounts. Obviously, the economic knock-on effects of a bad diet absolutely has financial implications. I mean, the NHS is sitting on a time bomb. I mean, it's already being dramatically impacted by diet and by diabetes and obesity. You also see the huge impact that we're having on the economy at this moment of people who are not coming back to work after COVID. Now, not all of that is around um, food-related issues, but quite a, quite a lot of it is. And again, that is having a direct impact on our growth and on the ability of the country to recover post-COVID. Um, so the financials really matter and the human matters. And I think it's about combining both and in many ways creating the sunny uplands. I mean, there is a vision here where actually we are a healthier nation, we are fitter to work, we are less of a burden on the NHS. And that actually is the destination that all governments should be looking for, for from the point of view of the public and also the economy. We've seen how this government has reneged on its promises to ban junk food. And just recently, they voted to delay the introduction of a policy that would restrict multi-buy offers on foods high in fat, sugar and salt until October 2025. Peter says that a new food strategy must be cross-party if it's to last. This is a problem that is, you know, you're not going to sort it out in one electoral cycle per se. So I think it's something that all parties have got to buy into. It's, it's then just not government on their own. It, you know, it's government working with farming sector, with business, with charities to really sort of put the system right. But Daniel Zeichner is sceptical. Well, we should have a cross-party approach, but frankly, I don't think we do. We're unlikely to, because in the end, the Conservatives believe in a free market approach to these issues. Labour believes in intervention. I'd love them to join us in that and would very much welcome them in understanding this is a complex set of issues about the food system, not just about farming. What could be done is the government could take, pay more attention to the report produced by Henry Dimbleby that it itself commissioned some years ago. Sadly, uh, so far, they've been slow to respond. I hope in future Labour government will pick up those challenges that he set out, particularly around the environment and around health. Dan White reminds us how much society needs government to invest in all those on the margins of society. If you invest in people, if you invest in disabled people, give them access to a proper diet, give them access to travel to buy decent food, then disabled people will contribute more to society. It just makes more sense. There's a thing called the purple pound, which is the unspent wealth of disabled people. It equates to billions just sat there waiting to be spent. People have a better diet, people feel better to be able to go out if people have access to better food if they're disabled then it's a win-win situation for everybody everybody wins people feel better people are more social people feel included people can buy better food locally shona gowdy at the food foundation believes that an overhaul of the entire food system is not only necessary but doable all the statistics in the report paint a fairly grim picture and unfortunately that is the reality that we have at the moment. 
Um, but I think what's important to remember is that we can do something about this. And the report also makes um, recommendations for what government and food businesses um, can be doing to, fill us, to facilitate us to be able to eat in a way that is healthier and is more sustainable. We essentially need interventions that are going to increase the affordability, availability and appeal of healthy and sustainable foods. And we need policies that really... Um, recognise that that this is what needs to be tackled. We've had so many policies in the UK that have been focused much more on um, kind of individual responsibility. And what this report really shows is that it's not it's that our food environments aren't set up to help us eat well. It's not necessarily that people don't have willpower or they don't know what a healthy diet is or don't know how to cook or any of those things. It's that. Um, it's that the system needs to change to support us. And so that's what we really need to see happening. So this is things like rebalancing the cost of the basket so that healthy options are more affordable. Um, and that can be done through things like taxes and subsidies. Um, and it, But it's not about making food cheaper necessarily. It's also ensuring that people have sufficient income through things like benefit levels and wage levels to be able to afford the healthy food that they they need. Um, it's also about transforming what food is available to us. So making sure we don't have high streets that are full of fast food takeaways selling us food that's going to damage our health and making sure that the, the food products that are sold in shops um, are reformulated to be options that we can um, go in and buy and know are going to be good for our health. And there's also so much that could be done around restricting advertising of unhealthy foods and increasing it on, on the healthier food items. Um, through making all these little changes, it could build up to making a really big difference to the quality of people's diets and um, really impacting on, on their health and well-being in the longer term. As we head towards the next general election, the Food Foundation is calling on policymakers to recognise the importance of the food system in shaping the nation's health and wealth. And you can help too. Write to your MP and tell them why good food is a source of prosperity for everyone in the UK. Just go to foodfoundation.org.uk and use its data in your letter. That's what it's for. And make sure you subscribe to this podcast to keep up with the latest analysis on how we can transform our food system and make it work better for everyone. Thanks for listening.